Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be looking at faith and works from Paul and James. In today's short episode, I'd like to explore the theme of salvation in Christ that appears in the New Testament writings. And in particular, I'd like to focus in on what St. Paul says in his letter to the Galatians and what we find in the letter of James. Many believe that these are opposing and diametrically opposed positions. But in all reality, these positions can be held together to really open our eyes to this idea of how we are saved or justified. And I know I'm equivocating a bit on terms here, but uh, for the sake of this episode, we'll look at those as very similar ideas. Now, in this episode, I'll be following the lead of a Jesuit scholar whose work I will uh, link to in the show notes. And we'll just go ahead and dive right in. So in Galatians, St. Paul writes this. We know that a person is justified not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. And we have come to believe in Christ Jesus so that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by doing the works of the law, because no one will be justified by the works of the law. So St. Paul is very clear here. Again, this is Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. He's very clear that it's not works of the law that will lead us to our salvation, but rather our faith in Christ. Now, from a very simple point of view, we know this is true. On our own, we can't merit salvation. The gap or the chasm created between humanity and God as a result of sin is one that we can't overcome on our own. We need God's intervention on our behalf. And so that's what St. Paul is emphasizing here. What he's pointing out is that it's works of the law that alone will not lead us to salvation. Now, this appears to be at odds with what we find in James. So I'll read a couple little excerpts from the second chapter of this letter. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. For just as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. And there's the famous line from James, faith without works is dead. And he seems to say the exact opposite. He seems to be suggesting in this writing that faith doesn't matter or that faith is secondary to the works that we do. And that really it's just our own efforts that will merit salvation. And of course, that's not exactly the case. So first of all, I want to point out a difference in what Paul and James are saying. Paul is speaking about works of the law. And this might seem like a technicality, but what he's referring to is to the, the following of Jewish or Mosaic law on things like circumcision or dietary restrictions or uh, many of the laws that we find in the Torah. When James uses this term, works, he doesn't say works of the law. He just says works. And so it seems as though James is using it in the context of charitable work or service to the poor or love for neighbor, etc., etc. And, of course, these are two different things. There's probably some overlap there, but they're not exactly one and the same. So when we're trying to resolve this difference or apparent difference between James and Paul, it's important for us to acknowledge that they're not speaking about exactly the same terms. This can help us to see what's really going on here. Paul is emphasizing, perhaps we could put it, the primacy of faith. We have to start with an attitude of faith, that it's God's grace that allows us to, be, to have the opportunity to be saved, to be justified. But that we don't just get to sit on that. And this is where James comes in. Our faith cannot be a stagnant one. It can't be one that stays in our head or in our hearts. It's got to be shown through cooperation with that grace. And that's what 
James calls works. So our works should flow from the faith that we possess. It's a faith-first attitude, not a faith-alone attitude. We see that very explicitly denied in James. Again, in James chapter 2, we read this. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. There has to be a cooperation between the two. It's a faith and works approach, but in that order. I like to think of it this way. If you've ever been apple picking with a young child, you know that typically the young child is not able to reach apples on his or her own. What has to happen is that an adult or someone older has to either pull the branch down or lift the child up or perhaps bring a ladder over or something has to be done to get that child within grasping distance of the apples. And then, of course, the child can't just sit there. He or she has to then go and grab the apple. In the same way, or a very similar way, I guess I should say, a very similar way, we, as the children, cannot grasp salvation on our own. We'd be like the little child standing on the ground, flailing around, trying to reach the apple on our own. It's not going to happen. We need the intervention of God. God lifts us up like we lift the child up when we're at the apple orchard. But then, like the child, we have to cooperate with that gift of grace, that freely given gift from God, through our faith, but then through our works to show that we want this. And that's where our charity, that's where our outward expression of faith comes into play. It's faith and works. And when we put James and Paul into their proper context, that can help us to see that path of faith that leads us to put our faith into action, hence the works. So like I've said, I will put this resource on online in the show notes, and I hope that you'll check it out. And this creates the path for us. This paves the path. Faith first, let that lead us into works of charity, works of love in our communities and in our church.